Uh, I don't think I'm mentally prepared for this today. Honestly, I'm not mentally prepared to fucking exist today, but here I fucking am raw dogging the day. I didn't take my Zoloft last night, so I'm on... That's why I'm suicidal. I didn't take my Zoloft last night. That makes so much sense. (laughs) I have nothing to say. (laughs) I have nothing to say. Warning, this is a paranormal, true crime, and conspiracy podcast. Some of the content we cover can be extremely graphic, vulgar, and triggering. Please remember to take care of yourself. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, podcast besties. Hi, besties. Welcome to a new year with us. But we're still queer. (sighs) (laughs) New Year's resolution, not be queer. Anyways. That's going to suck because we're back. And we're not better than ever. I'd honestly say we're probably worse. Yeah. Uh, as you can tell, <laughs> Brianna is sick as fuck. Yeah. I'm just getting over being sick as fuck. Um, and that's not like, yeah, sick, man. It's more like... <laughs> it's more like... Genuinely, <laughs> genuinely, I did not see that coming. That just caught me so off guard. Oh, God. Anyway, welcome to Stream episode... Of consciousness, before, am I right? Before we get too god off. Got off. This is episode 41. I'm sure you did get off. This is episode (laughs) 41 of the Isn't That Odd podcast. And we're your hosts. I am Brianna. And I'm Paul. And that's Rue, but you can't hear her because she's sleeping and she's sad. She's she's sipping a little puppy. Yeah, she always looks really sad like her husband is away at war and she's waiting for him to come back. Yeah, she really does. (laughs) Especially her face now. She's like, in her mind, she's just dreaming of him like fighting in the war. It's like, I... What Long for the day that I get to touch. Yeah, what's his name? Ronald. Oh. <laughs> you say Ronald? We'll go with that. Ronald. She does. <laughs> that is what it looks like. Oh, God. It's kind of cute. Anyway. Um, happy New Year. Happy New Year. I told Paul I wanted to talk about New Year's resolutions today. So what is your New Year's resolution, Paul? Um, I'm not ready. What is your New Year's resolution? <laughs> My New Year's resolution is the same that it was last year, is to just take better care of myself. So your New Year's resolution is to take better care of yourself. How so? Explain. America, explain. Well, like how I said the same thing last year, basically. Like, I just want to take care of myself, like, better mentally, physically, all around. Just, like, take care of myself. Um, and it's crazy because I said that last year. But, like, my life at this point last year and where I'm at now, it's such a fucking completely different life, and it's crazy. It's crazy. I was employed at the blue store. I was engaged. I was not happily engaged, I should say. I was just kind of content with living my life the way I was living it. I was just starting classes again to go back to school after taking many years off. Mm -hmm. I was just starting to take care of my mental health. I was just starting meds, going to therapy, all that fun stuff. And here I am a year later... Doing the do. <laughs> None of those things are still true. I mean, I'm still going to school and I'm told taking meds, but I'm no longer at the blue store and I'm no longer engaged. I'm a single Pringle. Hell yeah. Slay. And you're definitely slaying it up, as the kids say. Oh, yes. 
Yes, I am. Thank you. <laughs> now, what's your news resolution? It's your turn. Um, my news resolution for this year of 2024, I guess it's similar to yours, but in terms of just be more positive. So instead of doing the usual, like, take better care of my, like, you know, eat better or do more exercise, like, fuck all that, because um, I know that's probably not going to happen. So I'm going to go more mental this year, and instead of just dreading on the negative things that happen like I usually do and kind of think like doom and gloom with things, try my best to find the positives in everything. That's what I... That, yeah happens like that's what i was working on last year my bumper getting cracked today um the positive of that could just be i'll get a new car soon um because otherwise i would just be like (laughs) what happened oh my god what do you mean um but i'm just like no like i'll get a new car it's fine yeah but let's talk about how even though that bad stuff happened today but you got a really good sandwich and that's what's that's what you're good i did and my coffee's actually pretty good too yeah so you have to find things like that that's what i was doing but so yeah one day i was really sad and the highlight of my day was i saw a chipmunk like that's how you know a day's bad when the highlight is a fucking chipmunk chipmunk. (laughs) yeah it's taking more of those positives even if they're small and just helping that shape my view more as opposed to sticking to the negatives yeah you're just trying to take yourself out of a negative mindset yeah and then when negative things happen instead of thinking about that negative things just find some sort of positive that came and or can come from it come i'm gonna come um Mm. so yeah that (laughs) is that's kind of my mantra i guess going into this year so and just trying to be more overall positive with life Slay. Because what? what you put in, you get back. Slay. So if you put in positivity, you get pop, pop. Get back. You get back positivity. Don't stop. Pop that. Don't stop. Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> if you nurture the universe, she will nurture you back. So what is our news resolution for the podcast? We have another country. Did you look on our Mm -mm. thing we got another country really yeah i haven't looked at that in a minute i was just showing somebody it the other day what country i'm gonna pull it up hold on um i want the i want our resolution for the podcast to be i want to start doing ads this year like ad reads or like like i want to start doing ads and getting paid for doing ads so like when they actually send us ads, we actually record them? Mm-hmm. And we just don't ignore them, yes. I think that's fair. We can start doing that. That's pretty easy. We could literally do that today. Are we, we gonna? Could. No. No. <laughs> but that's why it's a goal for this year. Yeah. I think Austria. Just... <clears throat> Interesting. We have Germany, Poland, and Austria, which I feel like we didn't have those three countries before. No, we didn't. We definitely didn't have Austria. I saw that, I was like, ah! Hey girlies. Uh but yeah, definitely just keep providing the content y'all want and you will listen to and no one gave us feedback on how we should actually i did get feedback and the feedback was if we stop doing the podcast someone's gonna kill themselves oh okay that's the feedback i got great. And so i think so that means we're doing i think we're doing good. great with what we're already doing yeah. awesome Slay! yeah so i think just doing that i kind of i want to find a way i know we talked about merch or we've talked about merch i think the only thing i want to do is just find ways to do stickers i don't want to do anything big in terms of like sweaters and sweatshirts or like what like none of that. I just want to do stickers because we could come out with some really cute. I already have some sticker designs, but then a lot of stuff happened and I stopped. Yeah, but I feel like that should be something we look into 
as well for this year because I think it would just be some of the some of the things we could do with some of the shit we've said over the past last year. Honestly, the only thing I'm thinking crazy. about is like a pin of a Ziploc bag with two meatballs. Yes, in it. now we could have a zi- <laughs> we could make a sticker of a Ziploc bag with two unsauced meatballs. In no, it. a pin like a pin for your shirt, like a pull, like a pin. Even better. Yes. Yeah, so we could just have super shit like that that yeah. kind of coincides with episodes, and I think it would be cute. If we do make merch, I definitely want to make socks. Nothing else, no sweatshirts, nothing, just socks. Just socks. I love socks, you know this. Let's start with stickers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with stickers and work our way up to socks. Yeah, yeah, So those are, I think those are good, good little goals for us to yeah. start doing. They're obtainable, I like that. Yeah. Okay, are you Nothing too for- outrageous. I know we talked about like Patreon and stuff, but there's a lot that goes into that. Um, the Patreon will come whenever I get my shit together because honestly, there's so much content that could go on the Patreon right now. I just is, yeah. can't. You guys do it. won't know yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I forgot around. to say what category are you talking about today? Today, my category is going to be paranormal. Okay, mine's true crime. Oh my god, you guys are so fucking lucky. <laughs> and then I think we decided that I'm going first sure okay so yeah i think podcast wise we're in a good place just keep doing what we're doing do those small little few things so if we actually take ad breaks (laughs) you're welcome we've been taking an ad break in so long no we haven't we should get back to we should should just get back to doing that i'm gonna take one probably today to eat that salad because that salad looks fucking (laughs) bossing stick around for that ad break (laughs) um and personal goals are definitely very achievable, so I'm excited to see how... What 2024 has for us. Yeah. We're going to take 2024 by the balls and make it our bitch. And I'm ready to see what 2024 has for all of you, too. You're going to take it by the balls and make it your bitch. You are. Yes. If you don't already have it by the balls, you're going to start Grab reaching it. up, and you're going to you're gonna try to fail for them. You don't suck them, but just <laughs> grab them. <laughs> don't suck them. <laughs> Whatever you do. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't suck them. Don't suck the balls. Just grab them. All right. I'm going to start because I can't handle that anymore. Um, obviously, I'm going to start my sources. So my sources today are Wikipedia, allthingsinteresting.com, and CNN.com. Okay? Ready? Nice. So the world is truly a beautiful place. And it's ironic that we're talking about you being more positive and I'm talking about this. How... Definitely wasn't planned. It really wasn't. It really wasn't. Um, there's basically an infinite number of different places you can travel to and experience a completely different culture than your own. Traveling the world is at the top of, I feel like, almost everybody's bucket list. For example, I want to visit Amsterdam one day and even Iceland just because I think they're very fascinating. Um, I want to go to Iceland. I've heard a lot of people that have gone to Iceland and they've really enjoyed it. My brother actually went to Iceland. I was literally just going to ask, like, what places do you want to visit? Mm-hmm. Iceland's on my... The top ones right now for me are Ireland. I really want to go to Ireland. Um, I, for some reason, really want to go to Australia. Why? They have so many big spiders. I don't care. What do you mean you don't care? What do you um, mean? That Jennifer Lawrence meme. Insert right here. What do you mean? What do you mean? (laughs) In Greece. Oh, yeah. Greece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to go to Amsterdam because I think it's so cute because it's like a cute little small town. I also want to get blasted everywhere. Every corner you can get blasted. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. I want to go to Iceland for obvious reasons. Okay. I like that. <laughs> um, but the scary part about traveling the world is simply that the laws slash rules in these foreign places seem very willy fucking nilly to us, to put it very simply. Like here in the United States, 
we're used to law enforcement working in a specific way using like specific kind of things to get to the end goal of justice. Um, and we kind of just as Americans assume that it's going to be the same in other countries because why wouldn't it be? It would just make sense, you know, mm-hmm. just in our minds. But that obviously isn't the truth. So today I wanted to pull back that curtain of how different things are when you go to other countries. And I wanted to share the story of Natalie Holloway. Yeah, this was, I feel like this was a story that was popular back when I was a kid. Correct. Like it, it sounds, it's definitely a name that resonates with me and I, Pretty sure I can see her in my head, but yeah. the backstory is the iconic long picture gone that me. everybody sees of her is her is her high school uh, graduation photo. Yes, she's wearing like a black shirt with her like the with like a sleeveless kind of thing, and it's, yes. she's just smiling and yep. she's blonde. Yeah, so I I know what you're talking about, but I definitely don't know the details of it. So I'll be intrigued to learn more. Well, in May of 2005, Natalie Holloway was just your average 18 year old. Oh my god, I was 11. Wait, May? I was 10. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Just to clarify any confusion. <laughs> just just to clarify, because it matters. Um, she had recently graduated with honors from Mountain Brook High School in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, she was also a member of the National Honor Society, and she was on her school's dance team. With all of the determination that Natalie had, she was planning on attending the University of Alabama in the upcoming fall. Wait, wasn't she just recently found? Where she planned <laughs> to study pre-med with a full-ride scholarship. And honestly, Natalie, to me, seems like the kind of kid where if your parents were friends with her parents, they would constantly be like, why can't you be more like Natalie? That's the vibe I was getting when I was researching how she is. And I'm like, honestly, slay. Because she's just on a roll, doing the fucking do. She's going to school for pre-med like she's a bad bitch. Good for you, girl. So before Natalie could go to school in the fall, her and her classmates decided that they wanted to have an unofficial senior class trip. And what better way to spend a senior class trip than a trip to Aruba? And I would just like to say that my senior class trip was a cruise to the Bahamas, and I did not go, right? I don't think I had a senior class trip. What is up with these fucking expensive-ass senior class trips? (laughs) What the fuck is up with that shit? I don't even think I had one. Well, I just know that mine was a cruise to the Bahamas, and I was like, absolutely And if there was, it was was to nowhere good, because I would have (laughs) went. I would have (laughs) went. This is one thing about me. I'm a go. (laughs) So, on May 26th of 2005, Natalie and 124 of her classmates and seven adult chaperones arrived in Aruba. And they were going to be there for a five-day vacation in paradise. They were just going to be lounging out by the pool, doing whatever, just like vibing. Because Aruba is a Caribbean island, and it's actually part of the Kingdom of the Netherlands. So, it's like not its own little country. It's part of the Netherlands. And the legal drinking age and gambling age in Aruba is 18 years old. I was just about to ask that. So all I was going to say, they could probably drink, too. Yeah, so they're laying up by the pool, getting drunk, waking up, drinking, going to sleep, drinking. It's drink, supposed drink, to be in September. <laughs> and because, again, you know, they're drinking all this, like, we should not be surprised at all that there's reports that Natalie and her classmates were getting, like, fucking lit, to say the least. Like, they literally were getting so fucking Good lit. Good them. Live it up. Uh, the police commissioner... His name is uh, Gerald, I think is how you pronounce that name. Um, I'm going to guess. Uh, he states, quote, the Mountain Brook students engage in wild partying, a lot of drinking, lots of room switching every night. And we know that the Holiday Inn told them they wouldn't be welcome next year. Natalie, we know, she drank all day, every day. We have statements where she started every morning with cocktails, so much drinking that Natalie didn't show up for breakfast for two mornings. They <laughs> stayed at a Holiday Inn? 
Huh. Meet me at the hotel motel holiday inn. I just assumed it was going to be like an all-inclusive place. No. Damn. Um, and two of Natalie's female classmates even agreed that the drinking on the trip was, quote, kind of excessive. Which I can completely understand why, again, because what do you expect taking 18-year-olds to a foreign country where they can drink? What do you expect? Now legally drink. Yeah. Not like have to hide it. Like they can right. literally do it in your fucking face and you can't do anything about it. I'd also just like to tell you that the Mountain Brook students had been to this hotel in Aruba for the past two years. So the last two senior trips were at this hotel. Could you imagine how fucking bad the senior class had to be for the hotel to be like, don't fucking come back next year? That's all. As soon as I saw that, I was Damn. like... Imagine being that close. I know. I was like, that's... You must have fucking been really fucking shit up. Okay. So we're going to take a jump to the last night of the trip, which is going to be May 29th. Natalie and her friends decided that they wanted to go out and party just one last time because the next morning they were scheduled to fly home on May 30th. They were going to be going back home. So before going out for the night, Natalie reminds me honestly of myself and the control freak that I am. She pre-packs her suitcase so she doesn't end up doing it last minute. So she's like, everybody's getting ready to go out and Natalie's also getting ready to go out, but she's also packing her suitcase. That way the next morning when it's time to leave, she can just get up and Smart. And we love an organized, realistic queen. Because like... Knowing Paul, he would do it last minute, and then Absolutely. he'd be rushing around. I would be stumbling into the room, pissed drunk, <laughs> trying to, <laughs> one, lay my clothes out for tomorrow, and two, pack my suitcase, and it would just be a mess. She also made it a point to make sure that her passport was in a safe place, and then she also decides to leave her cell phone in the hotel room, and when I was researching this, I was kind of like, that's weird, because, you know, like, I have a fucking iPhone, I don't leave my phone anywhere, but let's not forget this takes place in 2005. And phones really don't do anything in 2005. They barely like, send like a text message. <laughs> they barely send a text message. So with it being in a foreign country, I'm assuming the service must have been bad. Ooh. Uh, all that kind of stuff. The amount of money that must have cost to even use a phone over there yeah. in 2005? Exactly, yeah. There ain't, sh- there ain't no unlimited talk and text, babe. Yeah, it's no. like it's 20 cents a minute or some yeah. stupid international charge. <laughs> so she, <laughs> So she just ended up leaving her phone in there so that way she didn't have to deal with the hoo-wee kind of bill later on. I don't blame her. You <laughs> smart, girl. That makes sense. Go ahead. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> um, Wait, no, it doesn't. You're in a foreign fucking country. You need some sort of contact. Dummy. Well, she's with all of her friends. She's not by yeah, herself. Yeah, but what if... You get Shut up. separate. Anywho, <laughs> Natalie and her friends, they went to the casino that was attached to the hotel, and they just wanted to have one last night of gambling before they had to come back to America where we have all these fucking rules where they can't gamble. So there, the group meets 19-year-old Jorn Vandersloot, and he introduces himself to the group as a Swedish tourist who is also enjoying a beautiful vacation in Aruba. After a few hours of, like, drinking and gambling together, Natalie and her friends just weren't ready to call it a night yet. And so they decided they wanted to head to a local bar named Carlos and Charlie's. They decided to invite their new friend, Jordan, um, but he turned them down because he just said that, like, it wasn't the vibe. And he was like, I don't want to go. And so they were like, okay, whatever, fuck you, uh, peace out. And they went to go get wasted. Honestly, that's that's what they said. I heard it. <laughs> I was there. I heard it. <laughs> So as the night progressed, and once they got to the nightclub, it seems that Joran had a change of heart because he ended up arriving with his two friends. And so his friends were 18-year-old Deepak, I think is how you pronounce that, and 21-year-old Satish Kalape, I think is how you pronounce that whole name, um, and they were brothers. So around 1.30 a.m., while most of Natalie's classmates started making their way back to the hotel, because again, they're leaving that day, 
Um, Natalie was last seen getting into a car with Yorin and his two friends. They had offered her a ride back to the hotel because they were all fucking wasted, so she didn't want to walk. So they're like, oh, just get in, we'll bring you to the hotel. And she graciously accepted. She's like, fuck yeah, I don't want to fucking walk. Um, she then <laughs> proceeded to get in the car and roll down the window and yell, Aruba! Oh. the window, <laughs> which to me, that just tells you how fucking drunk she was. Yeah. So, unfortunately though, this would be the last time that Natalie Holloway would ever be seen alive by her classmates, was this this time of her yelling, Aruba! out the window. So the next morning, as her classmates awoke, a <laughs> so the next morning, as her classmates awoke and started to, you know, make their way downstairs to get to the shuttle to get to the airport, uh, Natalie was not there. And so one of the chaperones decided to make the decision that they were going to call her mother. And her mother's name is Elizabeth, but she also goes by Beth. So if I say either mm-hmm. or, I'm talking about Natalie's mother. Um, they called her mother to let her know that her daughter was missing. Like, her stuff is in her room. She's not there. Her roommates don't know where she is. Everybody else is accounted for it, but she's not here. Her mother would later tell Vanity Fair, quote, I immediately knew that my daughter had been kidnapped in Aruba. Natalie had never been late in her life. Which I feel like, Paul, you'd probably have that expectation about me because I told you I was late to work mm-hmm. earlier and you almost broke your neck <laughs> looking at me. Correct. But if I was late, everyone would just pick. Oh, whatever. It'll show up. <laughs> <laughs> so her mother and her stepfather literally flew into action and they literally landed in Aruba within 12 hours of getting that call. So they charted a private plane and just like went straight to Aruba. Sure. <laughs> So they headed to the Holiday Inn where Natalie and her classmates were staying and they spoke to the staff that was there and they pieced together what happened the night before, going to the casino, going to the nightclub, leaving with Yarin and his friends. Um, so once they found out that their daughter had last been seen with this Dutchman that their people are talking about, like he's Dutch, a staff member knew exactly who he was. He was actually 17-year-old Jorn van der Sloot. And he, quote, tends to prey upon young female tourists. So Jaren van der Sloot was not a 19-year-old tourist. He was actually a 17-year-old high school student that was a local to the area. Oh. Yep. And so Jaren would go on to tell different variations of his story about that night. Like, he has told so many fucking different variations of the story, I couldn't even give you all the details because I'd be talking for hours. He mainly stated that him and his friends dropped her off at the hotel, and he last saw her being escorted in by two security guards. And this statement alone would end up getting two security guards from another hotel arrested for Natalie's disappearance because Yuren was like, oh, those are the two guys I saw her with. Obviously, there was no evidence for that, so they ended up being released. He also claimed that instead of going back to the hotel, she actually wanted to go to the beach and see some sharks. So actually, no, she didn't go to the hotel with two security guards. We actually went to the beach to look at some sharks. At 1.30 in the morning, you think this bitch is going to be at the beach looking at sharks. You can't see nothing in the water. It's black. It's dark. There's nothing there. It's dark. It's nothing there. So he claims that she wanted to go see the sharks. And then he claims that he didn't go with her to see the sharks. They just dropped her off and drove away. Oh. So, so many different variations Even of the better. story. Yeah, none of that makes sense. Um, so it's safe to say that Yorn and the two brothers were arrested. Um, and they were arrested and released, honestly, numerous times over the course of the investigation. Um, and even Yorn's father would be arrested at one point, And he was released three days later. But the crazy thing is, is that Yorn's father was a fucking attorney. Oh. And he was actually training to be a fucking judge. So, it's safe to say that Yorn's family might have a little bit of power in the small island of Aruba. Naturally. Yeah. 
So literally when Betty first came to Aruba, the local police were basically just giving her the runaround. Um, one of the investigators that Betty met with originally, like to report Natalie missing, told her that he had to first eat lunch and shave before he could take her statement. And then he was gone for three fucking hours. Oh, what? And then he came back and then was like, I'm not taking your statement today. You have to come back tomorrow. So she had to drive an hour back to her hotel just to turn around the next day and drive an hour back just for her to come back to give this statement about her daughter being missing. And then for the same investigator to still be like, yeah, no, there's nothing we're doing for that. Like about this, nothing. Just giving her the straight runaround. So again, speculation that Joran's father had the police in his pocket. Speculation. Allegedly. Speculation, sure. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. Now we're just going to jump forward five years. So now we're in May of 2010. So Natalie's case is still unsolved. No one is in custody for her disappearance. And Joran fucking Vandersloot decides to reach out to Elizabeth. And he tells her that he'll tell her where Natalie's body is and what happened to her that night. But first, she has to wire him money. She has to wire him $225,000 to figure out what happened to her daughter. And so apparently, like, um, Betty and her husband, uh, Natalie's stepfather, knew better than to just, like, give over the money. So they reached out to the FBI, mm-hmm. and the FBI was like, okay, let's set up a sting operation. Let's try to get him arrested for extortion. So she basically wires him um, $15,000 first. And then she also gives him $10,000 via an attorney, like physically the attorney hands it to him. Um, Yet the information that Yorin ends up giving them about where Natalie's body is and all that ends up being false information. Like he claims that they buried her in a park. And then when they went to the park to dig it up, they did find bone fragments, but they weren't Natalie's. Yeah. So after all of the allegations and arrests and all that fun stuff, Yorin decides he's going to go to Peru. He's like, let me just get the fuck out of Aruba. I don't want to be here anymore. And so he goes there to attend the Latin America uh, poker tour because he apparently likes to gamble. And unfortunately, while he's there, he is still up to his bullshit ass ways. So on May 30th of 2010, five years to the day of Natalie's disappearance, Joran meets 21-year-old Stephanie Ramirez. And Stephanie is the daughter of... Ricardo Flores, who was a prominent businessman and entertainment organizer, and he also ran for vice president in 2001, and he also ran for president of Peru five years later. So it's safe to say she's a very high-profile girl. Uh-oh. Very high-profile. The two were seen on CCTV of the hotel uh, playing cards together before going up to Jorn's room. And then, on June 2nd, a hotel employee found Stephanie's beaten body in Jorn's room. It seemed that the weapon of choice to take her life was a tennis racket that was left on the scene. And it's reported that when Yorin was originally leaving the hospital, the hospital, it's reported that when Yorin was originally leaving the hotel on the 30th of May, Mm. that he stopped either at the desk or he stopped like one of the workers and was like, don't bother my girl. She's sleeping in the room. But in actuality, she was dead. She's sleeping for a long time. Ugh. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> Cut the camera. <laughs> dead ass. Um, Yo, dead ass. <laughs> Bro, dead ass. Stop. So her money, jewelry, and wallet were also missing. 
from her body. And you'll never guess who took it. Uh, Natalie. Uh, Yorin. Oh. <laughs> so Yorin. close. <laughs> very close. Adjacent. Um, Yorin <laughs> was the only suspect in the murder, and he ended up fleeing to Chile. So it seems like when shit gets real, he's just like, I'm going to leave. Welcome and to Chili's. <laughs> that was Yorin. <laughs> we got off the airplane. <laughs> So he would actually be arrested for the murder, though, on June 3rd. So literally the day after Slay. she was found. Which I love that he got arrested so fast. We love Chile being... Yes. Yeah. Um, extradition is the word you're looking for. Yeah, we <laughs> love that. <laughs> it turns out the reason that he murdered Stephanie was because she found out that he had something to do with the disappearance slash death of Natalie Holloway. Oh, well. So obviously, the only reasonable thing he could do was kill another girl. Right. It's reported, it's like, there's different um, sources. Like, if you look at different sources, they say different things about what it was that she saw. Mm. Some people say she was going through his computer. Some people say that they were playing online poker in his room on the computer. And an IM popped up, and the person was like, I know what you did to Natalie, like, blah, blah, blah. And then the girl saw it, and he was just like, no. And then, yeah. So there's different things, but it all comes back to Natalie. So on January 11th of 2012, uh, Joran Vandersloot pleaded guilty to the, quote, qualified murder and simple robbery of Stephanie. He was convicted and sentenced to 28 years for the murder, and he was ordered to pay $75,000 to the Flores family, which I feel like isn't enough for what he did. No, not at all. So it's great that Stephanie's family got closure for what happened to their daughter, but what about Natalie, right? So... On Wednesday, October 18th, Yorin pled guilty in Alabama court to extortion and defrauding of the Holloway family of, like, trying to get that money out of them. Mm -hmm. And at this same time, he finally confessed to murdering Natalie Holloway. And this happened last year, October of 2023. So that's why I'm covering it today. Mm -hmm. Because... I was right. It did. Yes. (laughs) He murdered her in 2005, and he just admitted to it in 2023. It's crazy. So I'm going to read you the transcript of him confessing. Damn, 17 years old, and you killed a bitch? Yeah. I'm going to read you the transcript of his confession. Um, There is a lot of, like, uh and ums in there, so I'm going to try and, like, skip over those. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Literally. But quite literally, I have the docket. (laughs) It's quite literally, like, exhibit A. Damn. Okay, so it starts at, a, like, a certain timestamp, so it's not, like, the whole transcript. But it starts off with Yorin saying, Plus, she asked to go back to her hotel, and I was just trying to get dropped off a little bit further away from her hotel so we could uh, walk back to her hotel, and I might get a chance to to be with her. And then the guy who's interviewing him is like, okay. It seems like it's his attorney that's in, there, mm-hmm. in the room with him. Um, and Yorin's like, that's what I was hoping for. His attorney says, okay, so what happens? Yorin says, uh, yeah. And uh, Depop drops us off at another place, uh, a little to the right of of the Marriott Hotel, known as the Fisherman's Hut. Uh, the place is uh, not too far from, you know, the next hotel is the Marriott. And the next hotel after that is another Marriott, which is a timeshare. I don't know why he's giving all this information. Sidebar. Yeah, it seems Whatever. unnecessary. Exactly. And then it's the uh, the Holiday Inn. We, uh, we, lo- <laughs> we, uh, we walk along the beach. Uh, and then so his attorney is like, "All right, um, so Depop and Sadish get out. Do they come with? Like, what? What? What happens?" And Yorin says, "No, 
the boys leave and they uh they uh, go back to their home i assume they go back to their home um they get in the car and they leave uh i'm actually uh i'm actually with uh with natalie walking along the beach i'm laughing because of how often he's saying uh let me just say that mm-hmm. uh i find space before we get to the uh before we get to the marriott hotel where i lay her down and we lay together and start kissing on the sand i start I get her to kiss me again, and we're, like, kissing each other. And uh, I start to feel her up again, and she tells me no. She tells me she doesn't want me to, to feel her up. Uh, I insist. I keep feeling her up either way. Uh, and she uh, knees me, uh, she ends up kneeing me in the crotch. Uh, she then knees me in the crotch. Uh, I get up uh, on the beach, and I kick her ex- extremely hard in, in the face. Um, yeah, she's laying down uh, unconscious, possibly even uh, dead, uh, but definitely unconscious. And uh, I see uh, right next to her, there's there's a huge cinder block lying on the beach. His attorney says, when you say cinder block, um, I'm looking at the walls of this place. Is it one of those? So I'm assuming they're just mm-hmm. like, you know, concrete walls. Yeah. And Yorin replies, exact same cinder blocks. I see a, a huge cinder block lying on on the beach. Uh, I take this and uh, yeah, I, I, I smash her head in with it completely. Yeah, uh, her face basically, you know, uh, collapses in. Even though it's dark, I can see her face is collapsed in. Um, afterwards, I don't know uh, what, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm scared. I don't know what to do. Uh, and I, uh, uh, I decide uh, to, to, to <laughs> I decide to take her, uh, to put her in the ocean. So I grab her and I, I half, uh, half pull and half walk with her into the ocean. Um, I, uh, push her off. Uh, I walk, uh, up to my knees into the ocean and push her off in, into, into the, into the, into the sea. And, uh, yeah, after that, I, I get out, I, I walk home and that's the end of the transcript. And I promise you, I was not ad-libbing any of those uhs and ums. That's actually how often he says it. I will put the, a screenshot of these on our Instagram at isnotonpod so you guys can see it. Paul, what are you going to say? That's insane. Yes. So, it's unclear if he's ever actually going to be charged with this murder because the statute of limitations for homicide in Aruba has passed. But one thing about this case is for sure is that Natalie was murdered for the very thing that women fear. And as a woman myself, I resonate a lot with this. Saying no to a man, denying his advances, so he fucking murders you for it. Fuck you, you're in Vandersloot. That's why men are trash. Yes. So I, once I found out, so I've known about the Natalie Holloway case for as long as I've been into true crime. It's an iconic staple, unfortunately, in the true crime community just because of how crazy the case was. Like, honestly, before he admitted to this, no one knew what happened to her. Like, she just disappeared. Her body has never been found. Mm -hmm. Like, they knew that Yorn had something to do with it, but they couldn't prove it. There was no evidence. Right. So now that he admitted to it, her mother, like, went on the record saying that Joran Vandersloot is no longer, like, a suspect. He is the murderer of my daughter. Like, I'm just happy that her family finally has closure. But the fact that she's most likely never going to be found because he, quote, like, let her out to sea. And I'm putting that in parentheses because there's so much skepticism about his confession. Because, first of all, he's a liar. He's lied so many times mm. already before. But 
specifically because apparently the beach that they were on, there's not like big enough waves to drag out a body, I guess. I don't know. But when I was thinking about it, I was like, but you can get caught up in a rip current and fucking any kind of water and get ripped out. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happened to her body. Also, people say, wouldn't there be blood if he smashed her head in with a concrete block? Um, I feel like it wouldn't be hard, though, to hide blood on the beach. No, you, could you just, just bury it. Kick and... the sand around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then a lot of people think that it's just another false confession. But I feel like it's not because for once he's like admitting that he did something crazy to her. Because before he would be like, oh, you know, I sold her into sex trafficking. Like, I did this, I did that. Actually, no, I didn't do that. I'm just joking. I'm lying. But he literally was like, I smashed her head in with a concrete block. Yeah. So. I. And the fact that it's not the first time that he's. He's known to kind of like target young tourists. Right. I definitely think he did it. I don't think he's lying. I just. I feel like if anything, the only thing he might be lying about is the. What he did with her body, of his, yeah, of, of the body. As yeah. awful as that says, disposing of a body, but a yeah, lot of like, people think what... his dad had something to do with helping dispose. So his dad unfortunately passed. Um, he died of a heart attack when he was playing tennis on a court, on a tennis court. He just like mm-hmm. had a heart attack and died. Um, a lot of people think that his dad like helped him hide the body, obviously because again, I wouldn't be surprised. Be- he's becoming a judge, so he of course knows how to get yeah. around certain things make it so that way nobody would yeah. find the body and or... of course he'd have to say some stupid thing like oh i let her out to see yeah because it's not gonna be like oh yeah and then i call my dad and then he he has some people that he called to help yeah. me dispose of the body and i feel like the reason that he confessed is because the fact that his dad wasn't there anymore to coach him because for all those years when he was just like saying the craziest stuff his dad was like coaching him on things like not to say like he's like don't say this don't say that like don't right. say this like so i feel like now that his dad has passed and gone he really had no Right, and he was already convicted and stuff of killing Stephanie. Yeah. So at that point, it's like, just confess everything. So that my. But I don't. I don't think the out to sea thing is the truth. I don't believe the truth. Yeah. Because her, her body definitely would have washed up or something. People think that, but if there's actually sharks in the water and her head was that bloody as he says it was, they would have. I guess they would have gotten her body. I'm not sold. Um. But yeah, if they didn't get her body, though, it definitely would have floated to the top. It would have bloated. It would have been found. It would have washed up somewhere. Um, so I don't think that she was let go of the sea. I think that he probably buried her or he probably, unfortunately, like, dismembered her body or something. It's something fucking crazy, I feel like, because this kid is fucking psychotic. Yeah. But that, unfortunately, is the story of Natalie Holloway. But thankfully, her family has finally received justice. That's and good. I'll pass the I'm happy about that all. part, at least. Yeah, I mean, I've already, like I said, I knew about this case. Like, the surface level, see it on the news, passing by every so often. And honestly, there was a lot that I left out, because it's irrelevant now that we know who did it. So that's why I left a lot of it out, but right. there was, like, other people who they thought did it, and then, yeah, there's just a lot that I left out. But even what I told you was a lot. <laughs> True, it was. Um, but now I know more, so thank you so much for sharing that with me. You're welcome. For With us. <laughs> Where is she based out of again? She's from Alabama. Alabama. Birmingham, Alabama. Because for some reason when I was younger, I always thought it was from around here. But that was just because I was young and I just assumed news that was being talked about was news from around here. Oh, yeah, yeah. That just shows how big of a case it was because we're here in, in good old Boston, in good old Massachusetts, and we're hearing all about this case from alabama mm-hmm. so <laughs> paul said i don't know how that works 
I was just a baby. I know. That's what I'm saying. Little Paul was like, sure, I, I guess. I didn't know nothing. Oh, she must be from around here. Um, okay, great. So it's fun that you gave us that really uh, serious and sad <laughs> story. Uh, because now I just, <laughs> I'm here to just give us one big stupid fucking story and make us all laugh. So yeah, for my story, uh, definitely not going to be anywhere to the extreme of Natalie Holloway. It's actually kind of low-key stupid, but I thought... <laughs> oh, it was, I'm so ready. I'm so ready. I'm so glad I went I thought it. it was such a fun story when I heard about it. I was like, I have to cover it. Okay. And so that's what I'm doing now. Okay. And this is where we're left off. Okay. And that's Wait, is this Galeans? Yeah. Gale Force Winds, correct. Okay, Gale Force Wind Aliens. Galeans. Can someone please look up why they're called Gale Force Winds and let Just us let know, us please? Know. Thank you. Thank Email you. us at isnotpod at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go ahead. So if there's one thing that I always question regarding our existence, besides why am I here, it's... Ghosts. When will aliens come to visit? Oh. And no, I don't question ghosts. Ghosts aren't real. Because, like, Awkward. I feel like we could all just be besties. And they could probably teach us a few things that would be, like, very valuable. I feel like they would just, like, want to probe us up the butt. I feel like you'd probably like I'm that. I'm not though. okay with that. Wait. <laughs> you are okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> when, you filled out your, when you filled out your application to be gay, they said, are you okay with being probed up the butt? And you said, Yes. I did do that, huh? You checked the yes box. You I actually did. highlighted it, crossed out no. Under- <laughs> <laughs> underlined emphasis. And then you walked up to the guy and said, probe. <laughs> no, I printed, it, I printed it out. I handed it to him and said, I would like to be probed. <laughs> I couldn't even finish my own joke. It was too good. It's too good. We won't know the joke, but she will. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> they are more advanced than us, so of course they would have some things to share in terms of technology, or maybe you know how to not kill our planet. Who says they'd be more advanced than us? But I, I mean, if they're coming, sorry, to these us, are inside thoughts. I'm sorry. If they're coming to us, obviously they're. Gonna I don't be think more. they would come to us though. I, let me live in my fantasy. Have world. you ever? Did you? We're not going. What? Okay. Did you know about like the um, the speed of light, basically? So if there's, you're on another planet. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do the sleep thing because I will fucking throw my phone at your head. If you're on another planet and you look through a telescope and you look at Earth, they're not going to be looking at Earth right now. They're going to be looking at Earth in the past because the speed of light hasn't me- mm-hmm. reached the telescope yet. So technically, what if they just think we're a bunch of dinosaurs and they're like, fuck that, and then they just keep driving by? Eventually, we won't be dinosaurs. Yeah, but then it's going to be too late. They're going to get here and then it's going to be like a nuclear war zone. Because it's going to be so far in the future. They'll have a new planet to inhabit for themselves. Good for them. Here you go. <laughs> this is all I brought. Dirt. <laughs> and soot. <laughs> and two unsauced meatballs. <laughs> in a Ziploc bag. In a gallon Ziploc bag, to be exact. So you think it's a sandwich it's bag? A little, it's the a, plastic's a little burnt. It's a gallon Ziploc bag. It's Ziploc brand, too, so, you know, actually the bag is not burnt, because those ones don't get burnt. <laughs> it's indestructible, like a cockroach. Oh, my God. I... But, I mean, with every group of people or creatures, there is always going to be a few bad apples to spoil the bunch. So, what I wouldn't want to see with this alien visit is, like, an all-out, you know, like, gun battle, 
you know, space lasers, pew, pew, uh, and such that you see in, like, movies like Mars Attacks. Also a great movie. Is that the one where it looks like it's little people with helmets on? Basically, yeah. Okay. <laughs> after I saw that movie, I was like, hmm, maybe I don't want aliens to visit after all. But what are the odds they'd be like that anyways? So maybe I still do. Uh, well, depending on who you ask, you could find some that think it would be just like that movie. And how would they know? Well, they supposedly already lived through their own little alien space battle in their own backyard. What? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> now, before I jump into that, may <laughs> may the fourth be, may the fourth be with you. What? <laughs> Put that next to my huh? <laughs> now we <laughs> we may just be curious how aliens got their fucking description at this point. Okay, how do they, you know? How do we how do we know what they look like? Well, great question. Usually aliens are depicted as these little green men with these kind of bulbous big heads and oversized eyes. While this could just be, you know, the work of someone's imagination, it actually is supposedly tied to this encounter on October 21st of 1955. Honestly, I can think of a lot of men who have really big bulbous heads and really big eyes. <laughs> this instance follows a large extended family that lived on a farm in Kentucky who were called the Suttons. The Suttons lived on this farm in Kelly, Kentucky, which featured a three-room house that didn't have running water, telephones, radio, TV, or books. Kentucky doesn't even seem real. <laughs> it's not. It <laughs> they just, just have fried chicken there. That's it. Basically. It was it's just, just them, fried chicken. the land, and their farm. And that, fried chicken. <laughs> and fried chicken that they had to tend to with no other frills or anything else to get in the way. With a family like this, you I'm can sorry, assume... sorry, did you say there's no running water? Correct. Oh, they smell Outhouses. like shit. Yeah. They smell like shit. Yeah. With a family like this, you can assume they don't enjoy intruders or take kindly to anyone trespassing and very well had their way to scare off people. Also, they're brother fuckers. Guns, yes. They're brother fuckers. They fuck each other then. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's peculiar that this family, who would shoot first and ask questions later, is terrified at the police station on this August night. With women and children in hysterics and even one of the men having a pulse over 140 beats per minute. Imagine counting that. So that begs the question. <laughs> Why did you look at me like that? So that begs the question, what in the world happens on this farm on this fateful night? Well, the story goes on record as one of the most detailed and baffling accounts of an alien encounter. And it goes as follows. On a hot Sunday evening in Kentucky, a hot. friend <laughs> A friend of the Sutton porthole. A friend of the Sutton family, Billy Ray Taylor, around Billy Ray Cyrus? <laughs> I can't get through this fucking It honestly could be Billy Ray Cyrus. He's in the middle of the woods on a farm. Yeet doggy. Hail Billy. Hmm. On a hot Sunday evening in Kentucky. A friend of the Sutton family, Billy Ray Taylor, around 7 p.m., found himself fetching some water from the well in the backyard when, out of the corner of his eye, saw something silvery. As he would later recount, it would come silently towards the house, pass directly over it, even stopping in the air after passing over, before just dropping straight to the ground. Absolutely not. As Billy Ray describes it as real bright, with an exhaust, all the colors of the rainbow. And honestly, we stand the Galeans. Get it? G 
Gay aliens. Honestly, I can. Gay aliens. <laughs> Gale Force wins. <laughs> I can tell you, Gale Force was not in my head when I was writing this. Um, honestly, I could tell you, if I saw something in the sky that just kind of hovered and then immediately dropped to the ground, I would mind my business so fucking bad. <laughs> it would be like, not my fucking business. I would walk my ass in the house. I'm blind. I'm deaf and blind. I can't see a goddamn thing. That, to me insane they were white weren't they yes yeah of course they were (laughs) after just seeing this incredible sight billy ray obviously ran inside to tell his wife and the sutton family about what he just saw now the sutton family as i haven't even discussed yet is made up of 50 year old matriarch glennie lankford who is sadly a widow her two older sons and their wives a brother-in-law and three other younger children who were aged 12 10 and 7 at the time Billy Ray and his wife were actually visiting from Pennsylvania to visit Lucky Sutton as the two had worked on a traveling carnival together in the past. How fun. Well, we can imagine and assume once Billy was inside telling all these people his story, they all surely just laughed him off and basically said, yeah, okay, dude, nice one. You got us. You're so funny. You clown. Although Billy insisted... It led nowhere, and he was just left to accept defeat and move on with the rest of the evening. Again, I would mind my fucking business. I would tell nobody what I saw. Not a goddamn thing. (laughs) Fast forward an hour later, the family's dog started barking and just would not stop. Nope. (laughs) If I was Billy, I promise you, I'm going to sleep. Good night. (laughs) She just said, I'm clocking out. (laughs) Obviously intrigued and wanting to know what the dog was barking at, Billy, Ray, and Lucky got up and went towards the back door before making out a strange glow and without a moment's notice an appearance of a small humanoid creature within that glow he appeared when after seeing what he saw did with his own eyeballs well at this point he probably just wants them to be like see this is what i saw i don't care hmm. uh see i was gonna be like i don't want to be right that bad but that's not true i'm an aries i'm always right described as being about three and a half feet height height three and a half feet height <laughs> Describe as... <laughs> I want to say high, but I said height, okay? Three and a half feet high. Described as being about three and a half feet high. Hi. That's going to be the episode title. <laughs> three and a half feet height. <laughs> it had a, quote, oversized head, almost perfectly round. Its <laughs> arms extended almost to the ground. Hands had... Hands had talons. And eyes glowed with a yellowish light. That's the kind of motherfucker who's like, where's my hug? <laughs> That's the type of motherfucker that tells you he's six foot two and he's three five. <laughs> that's the type of dude that's gonna be like, yeah, I'm average, and he's. Just... That's the kind of dude who's gonna pull up with a chode. Like, what do you mean? What are you gonna do the flopping hand motion for? There's nothing to flop. It's just doing it, doing It's like it's like the little door stops. I could have went without the noise. <laughs> door stops that are on the bottom that you, you can kind of flick talking about little things it's, going, it's like a little fidget toy that is wild that is wild i can't believe you just described it showing as a fidget toy <laughs> wild enough next time you see it show it's like <laughs> a fidget toy Oh my god, don't send us any pictures. Because <laughs> I will call the cops. 
We will send the FBI personally to your house. I have connections. Wow. This Wow. <laughs> this didn't even what? This didn't even include the body of the creature, which apparently gave off an airy shimmer in the moonlight, making it seem as if the creature was made of silver metal. Oh my god, he's iridescent. He's a sleigh. He is a drag queen. <laughs> Your face is sending me over the fucking edge. <laughs> God damn, 47. Of course, after seeing a sight like this through their back door, <laughs> the two men immediately rushed to grab a 20-gauge shotgun and a 22 caliber rifle that they had in the house and left no time to waste before starting to fire upon the silver man. I was going to say that's such a white people thing about they see something that makes them uncomfortable. said, shoot it! Yeah. The men then described the alien as it had its hands now raised as if held up at gunpoint as it came closer to the back door before it would flip, scramble upright, and flee into the darkness. What do you mean, flip and scramble? <laughs> what does that even mean? What do they mean? It's what? just, it's just walking up, mean? hands up. It's like, no, don't shoot me, bro. And then he's just like, actually, a second that, meow. <laughs> just scoots into the woods. Oh, my God. Minding my own business. Good night. Obviously intrigued and wanting to know what the hell this is and what's going on, Billy Ray would find himself walking outside, just stepping out under the small overhanging roof before, as the family behind him in the house described, as a claw-like hand reaching down and touching Billy Ray's hair. Immediately, the group screamed when they saw it and pulled Billy Ray back inside, while Lucky would sidestep and take a few shots at the roof, and then at another creature he saw in a nearby tree. Lucky would describe this creature he shot as floating to the ground before getting back up and running to the woods. Just as quick as this creature is gone, the two men would see a similar creature at the side window, and as expected, shots would ring in towards the creature and through the window screen. At this point, the whole group was freaked out and had no idea what to do or how to handle the situation. They decided to just... As Brianna would do, lock the doors and just stay put in the house. <laughs> Mind their already, own fucking business. I would have already point. done that. I wouldn't have even seen what the guy looks like. <laughs> so for the few next, the next few hours, the dog would have been crying and I'd have been like, "Good night, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> so for the next few hours, they were just sitting there, listening to any movement they could outside, and not much would transpire except for some occasional scratches on the roof. Oh, gross! Throw and up. it would not be until 11 p.m. when the family would decide to book it out the house into their cars. And make it straight for the Hopkinsville Police Station. Hopkins. Of course, with a story like this, police jumped into action. And the police chief called for backup immediately, finding help from state police and even the military police from the nearby Fort Campbell. Once everyone was on the scene, they were able to find the shell casings from the gunshots that were claimed to have been fired. But I mean, other than that, police had nothing. On the plus side, they were able to find, or well, I guess not find, proof of heavy drinking and were even told liquor wasn't allowed in the household. So at least we know everyone was of sober mind. Just because they weren't drunk doesn't mean they weren't high. But police were at their end and had nothing left to find or discover and really nothing else to go off of. So they just had to leave. 
it's like. Naturally, with the police now gone, of course, the aliens will return. Because it's isn't that what narcs. always happens? Yeah, they're like, you fucking narcs. <laughs> like, I'm We're going to torment you some more, like, you I'm motherfuckers. Shoot up their goddamn house. They're like, why the fuck did you bring the cops, bro? <laughs> you brought the cops? <laughs> Somewhere between 2.30 a.m. and daybreak that morning, Glenny herself, the matriarch of the family, would describe seeing a creature all herself, glowing repeatedly by her bedside window with its claw-like hand on the screen and everything. Like, hey, bitch, I'm here. Oh, my God. I would literally kill myself if I was laying in my bed and I looked over and I saw that. I would. You ever heard of spontaneous human combustion? That's what it would That's what it would, yeah. <laughs> the day following the incident, the police would return to the house to continue the search for anything and everything. Saucer landing spots, footprints, blood trails, scratch marks, anything that gave them a clue about what the fuck happened. Although thorough, the search would end up going cold and bring up no additional evidence to go off of. The biggest part of the story is how there were so many witnesses and how their stories, truthfully... Yeah. The biggest part of the story is how there were so many witnesses and how their stories coincided and stayed consistent throughout. Yeah. A local radio station employee, Bug Ledwith... That's a hell of a name. <laughs> ...would interview Who the adults... Who named him that? <laughs> His parents would interview the adults involved with the case and made drawings based on the accounts they gave. According to him, he was impressed by their story's consistency, even with the men being away from the farmhouse all day and not having the ability to coordinate anything with the others. So he's like, everyone's stories matching up exactly the same, and there's no way they could have like coordinated to like have the same story back to back to back because not everyone was together. So. They're like, is there some truth to this, actually? I was just staring you in your face, but I was just disassociating. I know. And then I came back, and you were looking at me. I was like, <laughs> Now, all the family was found to be complete haters of the limelight, to say the least. <laughs> haters of the limelight. <laughs> and didn't seem to have any reason to it make up a like story like this. It sounds like an Indiana Jones movie. Like, <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark, not nah, haters of the limelight. <laughs> in addition, UFOologist Isabel David dug straight into this case, and while she had concern about the lack of evidence, like others, she couldn't justify the other explanations that were floating out there, such as a deliberate hoax, publicity stunt, group hallucination, etc. None of that made sense to her. She even met the matriarch herself, Glennie, and she left with a strong impression of somberness and a woman filled with a no-nonsense attitude who would want nothing to do with the fame something like this would give and frankly has given them in their farmhouse at this point because it's like national news practically at this point in 2006 however a senior research follower of the international committee for skeptical inquiry and a self-proclaimed paranormal researcher a lot of fucking joe nickel don't go together <laughs> took his own reins on the case he raised suspicion with Billy Ray's accounts and even pointed the liking of the UFO sighting to be that of a small meteor that was in the vicinity at the time, which was also seen by others in the area. Additionally, if the UFO wasn't real, then what were these little green men they saw and were shooting at? Well, as Joe said, owls. Ah, oh, I have heard of this case. Joe explained that Those the great owls are horned so owl ugly. <laughs> has long wings that could be mistaken for arms along with talons, yellow eyes, long ears, and a round head. All sound very similar to you? 
To add merit to these claims, these owls are said to be active at dusk, like around the time they said this counter happened, and can be extremely aggressive when defending their nest. So, the question comes to all of you. Was this just a protective owl tormenting this family at their most active time of the day? Or was it, perhaps, finally, a visit from the great beyond of space? Dum. 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 What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Um, so yeah, I read those that. Those are so fucking ugly. Ah. They are. I looked at pictures, and there'll be pictures of them on our Instagram. It isn't that odd pod. Um, they are. They're pretty fucking ugly. If I saw them, I would just pick me. No thanks. I would mind my fucking business. I wouldn't even see it. As much as I, the real side of me is like, obviously it's the owls, but I want to say no, it was aliens, because I just think having like. A little gun battle with aliens is the funniest thing. I, I think if it was actually about. aliens, though, they would have pop, pop, pop. Yeah, for sure. They would have pop, pop. Yeah, yeah. But I just like, read. Wrong hood, bitch. Wrong just, guns. They would have pulled up. This was like a family of 12 people. And so it was, they said it was like one of the most dumbfounding and like detailed cases because all the same, t- the 12 people all had the same story. So there were so many witnesses to this case. And yeah, but you said that they literally have nothing else going on besides dirt and field and farm. So, like, they got time to make the story all the same. Like, they got nothing else. They literally have nothing else to do. That's true. They can twiddle each other's buttholes or they can make this story. And they're probably they could. bored. Of I mean, there were neighbors buttholes. nearby that said they heard some gunshots, but it wasn't like a full on, like, yeah, but they just like space shooting. battle or anything like that. It's the middle of Kentucky. They just like shooting. That too. Yeah, exactly. Someone's going to think twice about it. Um, but yeah, this, it's funny because at one point, um, after it gained so much attention locally and even nationally, there were people that are coming to visit the farmhouse. And of course they put up like no trespassing signs or whatever, cause they don't want people around and nobody was listening to that. So like, fine, if you won't listen to our no trespassing signs, give us money to come take pictures and stuff. And so they took like 50 cents for like, I don't know, they had like a different prices for like pictures and stuff. And then people were like, well, see, of course they're lying. Now they're making money. That's what they wanted in the, to begin with. And they were just like, you know what, whatever. We're not going to do that anymore. Because it was just, they were more sort of just trying to deter it than anything. But I thought you were going to say. It's funny because people, sh- people gave them money. So people didn't even, it didn't deter people away. People just gave them money still. I thought you were going to say they started shooting at the people that were there. I was going to be like, honestly, not surprised. They should. If you have a no trespassing sign and they still trespass, shoot them. Not in the state of Massachusetts. I'm sure in Kentucky. Oh, yeah, maybe. They're rooting to and gun people over there. close to Texas. Texas. Is it? The state of Texas. (laughs) Texas. I actually don't know if it's close to Texas. (laughs) Yeah, so the Texas State Trooper did this, but I just don't know where because I didn't look up the state. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is the funniest fucking thing that's ever come out of That is my Roman Empire. (laughs) (laughs) Not Gale Force wins. No, not, <laughs> state not Texas. Gale Force wins, but Texas. <laughs> but the state of Texas. What's your Roman Empire? The state of Texas. People Gale make, Force wins. Thank what you. do you mean? Okay, tune to episode of the Isn't Hot Podcast. <laughs> and with that is my fun little story about the little <laughs> backyard space battle in Kentucky. Kentucky. It's a Kentucky accent. Oh my God, Jack Harlow's from Kentucky. Oh, Wow. That's it. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) I don't want to leave him yet.
They're cute. You literally were just crying about how much you wanted to get them with the episode. Yeah, but now we're back with them, and this is some quality time that we have. That is so good. Together, you and I. No. <laughs> with our listeners right now, right here. If anybody can hear this, if you can want you to call spe- the cops because Paul is making me nervous. If you want to spend more quality time with us, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Isn't That Podcast. <laughs> And on Facebook, it is not our podcast. Or if you want to talk to us and tell us we're pretty or send some aliens to our house, email us at isn't that odd pod at gmail.com. Did you just say send some aliens to our house? No. Don't send aliens to my house. <laughs> or if you have a story you want us to talk about in this new year, new year, new us, new pod, <laughs> uh, send some ideas our way. You can find it in the little show notes below wherever you get your podcast. There's a link for a Google form where you can tell us your favorite true crime, conspiracy, or paranormal story and we might just cover it on a future episode of the podcast and i think that's everything that's it does that cover everything yeah are you sure don't be a douchebag yeah don't be a dick yeah but be a menace yeah but do good yeah actually i'm being a menace to society right now and i'm doing she's not doing any good so i'm gonna rephrase that be a menace to society and don't do any good whoa whoa, whoa. no 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 no. do good no no don't listen no no no. be a menace to society do good do good positivity remember what i said in the beginning positivity only you woke up today and you need to make that everyone else's problem (laughs) you need to be a menace to society Anyway. Okay, guys, if you could email me at isn'thatoddpod.gmail.com, um, a good mental institution that I can bring Brianna to after this, I'd be really appreciated. Um, I don't know what to do. I've lost all control, and I need some help. If you could please help me, I would greatly appreciate it. Um, but until then, we'll catch you on the next episode of the Isn't That Odd Podcast, and we'll catch you next week, or whenever we come up with another one. I don't know. We'll tell you when it happens. Send help. Bye. Bye. <laughs>